Kings of Friends podcast. Episode 10. Uh, yes, absolutely, Justin. And, um, I'm, and I'm Peter. Podcastio. Oh, no. Podcastio. Podcastio sounds like a place, doesn't it? Like you'd go on Podcastio. holiday to Podcastio. <laughs> you went on a beautiful holiday to Podcastio last year. I um, went, you know, I didn't think we'd make it to 10. Oh, I didn't. And you I know what? We're in double figures till we're about 80 now. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, this is a review show. Oh, for f***'s sake. And it's not a review show, it's a local scene show. This is a local scene show. And what do we talk about on local what, scene shows? Well, Peter? what we try and do is step away from our event. This is about really trying to dig into what's going on around the local scene in Colchester. Uh, bands, promoters, and anyone who's involved in that sort of world. Yeah, we've got a few people on our hit list. On our hit list. There's yeah. a few people left still a few people we, we haven't hit. Yeah, we want to get Andy, obviously, from the Voo House at some point. Of course, Andy, you're we up. We want to get the guys at Coda. Definitely. We want to get Jonathan Dads at some point. Paul Promoters, Dupree. yeah, radio, Locksley. photographers. And, of course, bands. So tonight... Tonight? Tonight. Most of the time when I say, we let it that bit out, I actually... <laughs> I can't... I include, I include yeah. those bits. So anyway, we've got... Um, we're going to look at Grebo tonight. Uh, local band, Grebo, three-piece, and I've interviewed them. I'm going to have a look at what they've got to say. Yeah. And what have you been up to? I've something been unusual. Up to something unusual. I've done an interview. What? 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 <laughs> yes. I've just thrown yes. up in surprise. Yes, I went behind your back and... Uh, cheated. Uh, cheated. With my microphone. <laughs> With your microphone. Yes. And interviewed Ben Howard. Wow. Local promoter. Yeah, the legendary. Works with the Three Wise Monkeys group. And we also uh, have uh, caught Anna's Bone. So I yes. went over to Manningtree, which is their hometown, and interviewed them in a pub. It's interesting, when you interview bands, you have to find a place. Because you get in touch with them and say, do you want to do an interview? And generally their response is yes, we'll do an interview. And then you think, where are we, where are we doing an interview? Do you want me to invade your home? Do you want me over a table? Do you want me to invade your home? What? Do you want what? me over a table? What? Do you want me to invade your home? Do you want me over a table? Grebo! Grebo! Great to chant. I put that on one of my questions. Do people say Grebo? But they got in there before me. Urgh. The young'uns. Well, they asked you whether people say Grebo <laughs> yeah, when Little Kings play. They didn't even know. <laughs> Little Kings! <laughs> So yes, Grebo are a three-piece uh, based in Colchester and uh, they consist of Ash on guitar and Tony on bass and then Matt on drums. Tony has two nicknames. Really? He has two nicknames. They call him the T-Dog. But they also call him Wungo. I've got Wungo as in W-U-N-G-O. I don't, I don't know why. Okay. But uh, very English sound, very English sort of ninety sound, and they actually dress up. If you've seen them play, which I know you have, they dress up in that kind of nineties way, sort of ninety five. You know, when you get specific about years, that's what I'm thinking. They're like yeah. ninety five, but they're a bit unusual, really, because they've got this shoegazy, a little bit shoegazy mm. sort of sound in the musical side, but yeah. the vocals are quite different. Yeah, it's quite intense, really. Yeah. They're, they're a lot more uh, sort of. There's a, there's a lot of effects and there's a lot of drenching of sound, but they're more sort of upbeat, I think, really, mm. kind of more poppy like that. Yeah. But yeah, absolutely, the, the kind of rap sections of the yeah, song. Yeah, yeah I it's think very so. different. Yeah. Uh, it, remind, it reminds me of a band like Fontaine's DC, that kind of 
band where you've got someone at the front and you really hear their voice, you know, clear voice. And Ash doesn't put a voice on, you know, I mean, he is actually saying it, how it comes out, because it's tempting, isn't it, to kind of do something with your voice. Mm. Yeah, so I'd say they're a bit poppy, a bit spacey, uh, straight out of the mid-90s, really. Um, they are young. They are a young band, and they didn't really even form as a three-piece until... 2019 and then COVID came in they just had got together and then COVID happened but they did rehearse right the way through uh, and they've done a lot because uh, they're on Spotify with five singles that's in the space of three years yeah they've managed to get a lot onto there they describe themselves as Britpop stroke grunge and indie that's what they sort of come across as basically so yeah interesting band and uh, I had a good old chat with them in the brew house I'm here for Literary Kings and Friends in the brew house, the Queen Street brew house in Colchester with Ash on guitar. Hello. Uh, Tony on bass and uh, Matt on drums. Hello. Uh, they're not actually on their instruments at the moment. You guys have grown a name for yourself. I mean, a couple of years ago, I didn't know what Grebo even meant. I do now, but uh, I don't know who you guys are, but you've really built up a following over the thank last couple you. of years. Cheers. Thank you. How's it happened? Uh, well, we started, lockdown hit, we rehearsed. Like, we're lucky we could still rehearse all the way through lockdown. And then we started gigging in July. And then since then, it's like, like, just said yes to every gig. And I was getting non stop. Yeah. Absolutely non stop. Especially recently this year. It's just been every week at least one, pretty much, hasn't it? Yeah, we've done three last weekend. And we're all fucked. <laughs> You're getting gig fatigue. Yeah. Grebo, the word Grebo, I had to look this up. And I'm assuming this isn't a coincidence, but there's a dictionary definition, which is the someone who listens to punk rock or metal and doesn't follow fashion trends. Is that That's kind of, it, is yeah. that it? That's it. I, I get different meanings from everyone. One, it was, someone said it's greasy emo, greasy mm-hmm. biker. The other person said it's from a book. It's a witch's cat that lives on a flat world supported by elephants on the back of a big turtle. That's right. where we got it from. That's, that's it. That's, that's the, the original. That's the is that the Terry Pratchett? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Discworld. Right. The Discworld, that's it, yeah. So, uh, yeah, you fall into that category, would you say? Sort of punky. Uh, I guess so. Well, bef- before Grebo, we were called the Lilacs. Mm. And I was like, oh, no, it's, it's that, that wasn't for very long. That was for about two weeks. We it was. That. It was for two weeks, but it was my dad was like, have you ever heard Grebo? And I was like, what is this? What is <laughs> this? Who is this and man? And then I, I Googled it, Urban Dictionary yeah. came up and going like, this is the, this is the name. Uh, which I think it works really well because it's However, like, the Lilacs is a very 90s name. I mean, having been through the 90s myself, it, it could sort of fit you as well. I think the Lilacs just seems too happy and we're all really miserable. So <laughs> I don't think it would work. They said laugh. Time to tone it down. Go for Grebo. <laughs> yeah, yeah Grebo. Well, it is a word, if you're not familiar with it, you do have to look up. So it sort of gives you an intriguing uh, edge, I think, anyway, yeah. that kind of a the title. Of people ask us about the name as well. Most people we meet at gigs, they say, where'd you get the name from? Don't they? But it's so easy to chant. Like, yeah. you get Grebo. Oh, you've oh. stolen my thunder. I was going to ask you about that. Do people chant Grebo, Grebo? It does happen. And it's always, different. it's always different groups of people, so you know it's not us. Let's ask you about uh, music generally, then. What, when, when was the greatest music, do you think? I mean, if I go round to all three of you, what, what do you think? What, what was the greatest time for music, pop music or rock music? Uh, I think we're going to disagree here. 85 to 95. I really Why? Because 85... You had the like the 
birth of like the indie scene kind of being generated in the respects of like you had the you know you had like Smiths and you had all the electronic stuff popping up yeah and then you get into like early 90s you had grunge popping and then I say 95 because in the like 94 to 95 what do you have you have different class park life uh, what's the story yeah. uh, and definitely maybe as well as 94 weren't it yeah uh, and I think since that point especially guitar music has just diminished I mean there was a bit of a rebirth in the early noughties but not to the standard that it could have been I think as a, like a band and like a guitar based band with no synths I think that era is the most definitive and the most variety in pop music you know what I mean yeah yeah Tony do you have a different opinion on this yeah I'd say the early noughties because that's when people were getting to grips with like all the weird technology and it just felt free and you had all these weird acts coming out that were just like yeah jamming and doing their own thing but and all these my favorite bands tended to do one album through the noughties and then they just got destroyed by, by their own record companies <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to look through and go ah oh, shit they've done one one album it's interesting because i mean the, the sort of Coldplay and the emergence of those sorts of bands travis and often is seen as being the worst time actually in music <laughs> which i i mean I, I agree with you as well you know but lots of people would say that's the worst point we've had actually but you're no, <laughs> perfectly entitled to your what do you think Matt have you got an opinion on the uh, when it was greatest the 70s could Led Zeppelin that's it so we really do disagree <laughs> enough said so you've got uh, 85 to 90 the noughties 70s wow. we got it all you've got, got it all that is good yeah wow nice to rise up <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll end up with a band split by the end of the evening uh, and it'll be my fault Tony's cooked for me before, you know, wild. I mean, I, his cooking was like a whole bag of lentils and like tomato sauce. Oh, it was, it was crazy. It was too much, but it was good munch. Do you think in the wild though, he'd catch all the lentils? Catch lentils, like with like a net. It sounds like a medical, sounds like a medical condition. I, ca I caught lentils. Come on, tell us about the lentils. Oh, turns out you shouldn't pour a whole bag, a whole kilogram bag of lentils in a pot. Yeah, he said, this is good scran, Tony, but you need to work on your portion sizes. <laughs> it fed my family for like weeks. <laughs> Kept it in the shed. I took it home. <laughs> Okay, well look, Grebo, great to talk to you and uh, good luck with all your gigs uh, in the thank future. You much, man. Thank you so much. So, shall we listen to one of their singles? Sorry, it's all over the place. This is actually this. Peter turning page, it's not an effect I've mixed in afterwards. Would you like to hear the Grebo single? Yes. This is called Settle Down or Knuckle Up. To intimidating forces Sorting out their causes One is wrong and one is right There's gonna be a fight Settle down, or knuckle up Settle down, or knuckle up Can someone help me? I'm stuck in a midnight daydream Says you'll be alright. Grab my hand and hold it tight. Cause that's what you do with me. Settle down or knock her up. 
twisted mind Takes the time to be patched up But you'll be fine You'll be fine You gotta choose, win or lose Listen to me, society is broken Due to greed, desperate acts and faithless packs Lead to misery Lead to misery So, yes. So, we organised a little interview for you, Justin. Yes, you let me out. Yeah. You did let me out. Oh, unbolted the cage yep. and off you ran down the road. Like a hare you were, yes. heading towards Three Wise Monkeys. Yeah. Top yeah. floor all the way up and you were still breathing when you yep. got to the top. Yeah. And there yep. was local promoter Ben Howard. Yeah. What happened? Tell us. I did interview Ben Howard. And ironically, I had my first taste of interviewing through Ben Howard, actually. when ben, oh, yeah. Yeah, when Ben Howard was at the art centre, mm. they were organising something to get try to get their local community involved with sort of social media. Oh, yeah. And sort of promoting what's going on at the art centre. So I got to interview Alan Moore, which is Alan was, Moore, which is great because yes. he's a bit of a hero of mine. Yeah. I remember when actually Gina and I, my wife and I, went to to the meetings to get involved with this thing at the art centre. That was the first time I heard Ben talking about something which we bring up later, which is the fact that you create your own scene. Right. Yeah. So you know, like, yes. we're all responsible for creating our own scene. You know, what we're trying to do is help yes. promote the culture to see because because these things sense, don't happen on their own. Well, it's like for most people, it's it's like a it's not a participation sport, is it? That people expect things to happen mm. and then join in. Yeah. But the reality is, maybe that the the happening is the people. 
Yeah. Yeah. He talks about things like, you know, her band goes to a venue and the venue says, sorry, I've got any slots for you. You look somewhere out, you don't go, oh, we can't find a gig. Yeah, you find it. somewhere to, yeah. some way of making it happen. Uh, so just like you do, Peter, we do a little bit of research before we uh, <laughs> meet up with these people. So we recognise them when we yeah, see them. And I was, I was <laughs> when I looked into Ben, I just couldn't believe everything that he'd been involved with. Obviously, he's the manager, a live event manager of the Three Wise Monkeys. Um, he programs live events for Pasini Leisure, which includes Three Wise Monkeys, Colchester and Ipswich, other monkey brewing, Twisters Bar, and V Bar. Um, he started off as a DJ. He's been involved in so many things. He worked at the R Center. He was he originally sort of started promoting bands and stuff in Colchester, mm. and then he sort of met I think one of the guys from the Art Center, and the guy said, "Oh, what do you do?" Sort of thing. He says, mm. "Well, I'm sort of promoting bands and stuff," and he said, "Oh, mm. I could do with a bit of help on uh, social media." So he started yeah. doing that. So it's like a step in, isn't it? Footage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but then you start talking to him about other things he does and. Like all, so many of his decisions are like based on whether it's good for the culture of the music. Scene. Yeah, I mean, you or you or I, it's like, oh, we do this, you know, because it's fun. Yeah, you're in a band and stuff, but he makes big decisions based yeah. on you know. So he's got a real investment in it. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. He, he he's really passionate about it. Really mm. passionate. He he's been involved with the the free festival. Do you remember the Free Festival in Colchester Park? I think I may have even played it. Oh, uh, really? or, no, not played it, but I introduced poets at one oh, of them, I think. Really? Yeah, I, yeah. Stood, I was a bit drunk, actually. These things I've, I've heard of, but I never knew it was been behind them. So uh, keep Colchester cool with events that yeah. are happening in Colchester. Another thing I talked to Ben about was the, um, the, was the scene at the moment. Yes. And obviously he's been involved with it so many times before. So he's seen it So change. he's seen, yeah. like, because we've talked to, to, to several people, uh, I think the Wilswood boys said that, we were saying how good the scene was at the moment. They said, yeah, sort of, it had gone, it, mm. they remember it being good years ago, yeah. then it had gone down and now it's coming back yeah. up again. Yeah. So, and of course, Ben's been involved with it so long. Yeah. I was saying how we're see. going through this great patch at the moment. Yeah. And he's, uh, he, he, he sort of noticed the sort of cyclical mm. nature of it. Yeah. And uh, so that was interesting speaking yeah. to him. But I mean, obviously, one of the reasons why we're trying to get involved is that we want to push it that big f- bit further. Yeah. You know, we want people outside the region as we're going, you know, like when they talk about like yeah. the Sef- Sheffield scene yeah. or the, Liverpool, like right. an actual yeah. scene that is known about yeah. nationally. Yeah. If we can get Colchester to that level. Well, I mean, it, maybe it is. I mean, with promoters around the country, I mean, basically London, yeah. maybe they're seeing things going on in Essex, you know, yeah. and thinking, oh, this is interesting. Because yeah. I don't think we've really had it, have we? We've we had the we had Blur, didn't we? Yeah, but they were single bands. But at the moment, yeah. we've got Pet Needs doing a tour of the mm. US. Got the Mets. We got the Mets. You know, playing in London a lot, playing big festivals. Anorak Patch. Of pop- Anorak Patch. Yeah. they've been in a lot of national newspaper yeah. paper coverage. Some great singles out. Ghosts of Men have been playing a lot of their festivals as mm. well. I mean, they, it, it seems like not only we're we going through a strong patch, it's not just one man yeah. at the moment, and there's others coming out all the time. Yeah, yeah. The you scene's know, I, changing all the time as well, isn't it? But it's yeah. strong. Yeah. It feels like a strong thing to get. This is why we love it, getting involved in because there's so much out there to talk about. Yeah. So I'm here with Ben Howard, DJ, event organiser, creator of the Free Fest, and keep culture to cool. Yeah, yeah I've been involved in. And I'm involved with all of the above. Erstwhile <laughs> marketing guru at the Art Centre and currently live event manager at Three Wise Monkeys Live. So yeah, I'm, I'm kept busy in my in yeah. my role here. Yeah. So you became a DJ after building up a record collection. Yeah, that's in 1988. Started DJing then, so as a 
was under under age when I started DJing in terms of getting in clubs, but no one seemed to, and I, and I didn't even look my age. So, but no one seemed to pick up on that, and uh, um, yeah, and it all started started from there. So I've been involved in events. So what's that? Oh, that's like thirty four years this year. Been on events, um, and I'm lucky, really, that it's, you know that it's turned into. Now, how I earn a living, I'm, you know, that that bit is never lost on me. Uh, I think, you know, um, although the job is a job, and with all the things it entails, a job is hard work and sometimes yeah. repetitive, sometimes boring, sometimes rubbish, sometimes <laughs> exciting. Yeah. But I do sometimes think, um, uh, you know, it's, it's not a bad way to earn a living. And I think I've earned it, but it, even so, it's not a bad way to get paid to do what I do. Yeah. It's something I don't, I don't take for granted, you know. Where did your love of music come from? I think it was subliminal, really, because um, uh, I'm the youngest uh, born in our family. So as a child, my dad used to always listen to music on a Saturday, like stuff like, I don't know, Led Zeppelin and Leonard Skinner and the Eagles and things. That, that, so that was when I was a kid. And then I shared it with my brother until he left home. And that's when I got into things like Bowie and bands like Crass and... And again, I had no choice. You know, there was no choice of my big brother playing music in the bedroom. It's just what he played, and I, yeah. I had to suffer it. And then, even when I was about eleven, my sister was uh, massive into programs like Tube on TV. So right. I mean, watching things like You Two, like Red Rock on the Tube, you know, live on yeah, yeah. TV, things like Frankie Goes Hollywood and all that. So music found me. Really, I didn't. I didn't go seeking these songs. No. Really. You know, my introduction to things like Starman was never me. It's just me hearing it in the bedroom. And it was only really when I met some influential friends at the age of about 15 that I found music aside from what I was into myself. So when I was yeah. about 15, I was into things, or 14, 15, things like Billy Bragg right. and the House Martins and things yeah. like that, and, I, and the Smiths, anything proper indie. That's what I like. Yeah. But then when I got to about 15, 16, my mates introduced me to things like hip-hop and early house. Right. And then I kind of, that was the first time I grabbed something that was, um, that wasn't just me into it, but, yeah. but others. So then suddenly, I'd be, rather than being insular around music, which I was right up at the age of about 15, I suddenly became part of a, um, a group of friends or people I didn't know who had the same music tastes as I did at that time. Yeah. So that's when it really, that's when I think it took hold of me more. My, my love of music is, as natural as it can get, as organic as it can get, really. There must be moments when you think, wow. The moments when I think... This is my job. When I, moments I think, wow, is generally when I'm in front of a stage right. watching the acts I've booked. Right. That is probably the moment when it really comes together. I love the buzz of confirming a booking. So I get some... You know, I love it when someone says, yeah, let's confirm that. And I think, blimey, X is coming here or Y is coming here. And, you know, I get yeah. really excited. But then there's a reality check of that because confirming a gig is great, but the bigger action book, the more work's involved. It might be riders, it might be advances, it might be setting up the payment in place before they arrive or deposits by a certain time. And suddenly it's a normal job when it comes to that because you've got weekly yeah. sales reports. So that stuff's a chore. Yeah. But standing in front of the stage, meeting the artist and watching them do what they do is a brilliant buzz. And, that, and yeah. um, I like to hide behind all this a little bit. I'm not... I'm not really an attention seeker, but the moment when people come up and say that was a great gig, that makes it worthwhile. There is a moment when it's like, wow, this is brilliant. And I think that is when when you're seeing the act or the acts perform on stage. That's brilliant. 
because I don't play music, you see. I don't. I don't no. play a note. So my admiration for anyone mm. who can sing, yeah. play drums, guitar, keys, whatever it might be, that I'll always be like, that's amazing. I can, I can watch an artist all night long, just just like you know, bass player, drummer. I can watch them all night long. Yeah, just yeah. Like wow, this is so cool. <laughs> I think a lot of the reasons why I'm a music promoter is because I can't play a note. There's no chance of me getting you on stage. Tried. No, but then when I was, you know, I got turntables when I was 17, and yeah, well, there's an art to that. Yeah, I think my art is more. It's never really. I was never really. A, not not really a skillful DJ, but I have good knowledge. And it's I, you know, for me, DJing is is the art selection. Yeah. And um, you know, for me, I think that's that's what I'm paid to do. I, I, I either I know what to do, or things come to me in a moment what to do. But yeah. both of those combined. Um, can make a, a great night so you know I'm confident around it's the art selection knowing what to play when to play it sometimes I just get I think of a song that I've not thought of for maybe 10 years and I suddenly think oh and I play it really yeah yeah that's a gift I suppose <laughs> yeah. I'm I suppose it ties in with your marketing skills from your DJ yeah yeah in a way because yeah. you, you you're you looking for what people want which is yeah, essentially yeah. What, what yeah or sometimes you're giving people what they don't know they want yet so my, my, my DJ style is I play stuff that people um, know or forgotten they've known that, yeah. is my, that is my thing and I think even with geeks I like it. I mean clearly I want to book stuff all the time that people want to buy loads of tickets for yeah. but actually a lot of what I do is I'm, I'm trying to introduce things to the town I'm trying to introduce artists or um, touring bands that are coming through and actually when I book them I'm not sure who the audience is yet but what right. I hope is that we find an audience yeah. who come along and support these acts that are, let's say, coming through to Colchester for the, in many cases, for the first time. Yeah. And that's the difficult part because, um, you know, what you and Pete do with the podcast and everything, we're, we're part of a tight music community. So yeah. invariably we'll try and support each other, you know, yeah, we go yeah. to each other's gigs or whatever it might be. But um, we're, we're invested, we're brought into it. But for yeah. a lot of people in the town, they, they look at, Lineups, and they'll be like, I don't know any of those yeah, guys. Yeah, and yeah. I haven't got time to even look into who they are, what they're capable yeah. of. And that's why you don't get massive turnouts on some of the um, emerging artist gigs, because, because yeah. I think people, um, understandably, don't have time to find out about them. Yeah, but exactly. what I'm trying to do is say, yeah, take a chance, support these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why I always push for local supports on touring acts, yeah. because it means that maybe there's, you know, I'm not, not interested in how many tickets support bands mm -hmm. bring to the venue I, yeah. know, I don't book someone because they might sell 20 tickets I book yeah. people because I think they're good yeah, if, yeah. if they bring 20 people great if they bring 10 people great if yeah. they bring no one great I mean yeah the more people the better yeah, yeah. But I'll never not book one because they haven't brought anyone along yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll book them because they're good you know yeah. it's difficult to get audiences for certain shows but yeah. that's been the story of live music for many many years and you yeah. some of the greatest gigs when Nirvana came to to Britain for the first time and they, they played a little pop-up gig Dave Grohl and Kurt Cobain in Scotland and I think right. there was about 30 people in a pub right. but then the promoter of the show was saying oh there's about in Scotland there's about 500 people that say they were there it's the same <laughs> as the first Sex Pistols show <laughs> yeah, yeah and, that, and actually that's our place in a venue of our size we are going to put people on, on the way up yeah you know, who no one knows about yet you had a chance to play yeah. your first sort of DJ yeah. set and you, your first song was The Only Way Is Up yeah it's an acid remix though it's not it's not um, <laughs> so basically because that was number one in the 
it number one then or was it just bit, I can't remember it's a remix and, and the remix just has this she's crazy she's crazy or it's crazy I can't remember it goes right. that was the first thing I ever played true story this I actually got all my mates to come yeah. on stage when I played it so there's this mass rush to the dance floor and then Mark Summers the DJ group for many years um, asked me back week in week out yeah and, uh, yeah yeah I blagged it so that was your was that your first uh, experience of making your own scene yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. People creating their own scene is, is massively important because when you look at um, people like really Mark the Aff with what he did with 15 Queen Street, for example, what we did right. with the Free Festival, what we did in 1988, 89, taking hold of youth clubs and putting on these little raves that the youth club now had no idea we're putting on. And they were only until 11 o'clock at night, you know, yeah. but we... we we created our own buzz and we got people around it and it, that's the reason why I say that is I get approached here for example for people that want to do some pretty cool stuff but it's not where we sit in terms of what we offer right but I always encourage them to to find space or a venue or think outside the box and yeah. um, especially if you're a young band or it's something quite niche yeah You'll find people out there who you know nothing about, who know nothing about you, but because it connects to them, you know, it becomes yeah. something. And I think partly I think we missed the waiting room and what Mark achieved there because he built that from nothing, 15 Queen Street built from nothing. Yeah. And it, they become hubs and they become uh, sort of safe places for people, yeah. like-minded people to hang out or enjoy certain styles of music or nights. And so I think, I still think, I think my advice to anyone is if you can't get the opportunity that you're looking for or you desire that yeah. opportunity is still out there but you yeah. might have to just kick start that yourself you know and then yeah. and then what might happen is you might create your own movement around it it becomes so yeah. big that, that venues like the art centre or someone can't turn it down because it's <laughs> the biggest thing ever I mean we're lucky in Colchester because we've got just this neck of woods now we've got ourselves we've got Coda you've got Andy Skeen at the brew house yeah all championing yeah um, artists and there's different scales to that because you know I've had to position ourselves at a ticketed venue yeah um, Coda on the high street so I have to be sort of mindful of appealing to a, a broader audience so yeah. you know people can not know nothing about the bands but have a brilliant night yeah um, Andy takes more risks because he, yeah. he's that sort of guy he loves that yeah. sort of diversity that he offers but in just just from Free Wise Monkeys to Coda and Brewhouse yeah I the strip got, yeah the strip I mean it's amazing but there's a there is a um, there's a backing vocals there from our kitchen um, <laughs> but there's a brilliant thing going on where we've got diversity we've got yeah. we've got stuff that seems sometimes DIY or pop up we've got stuff that's established or a mixture of all of them in one night and I think you know, we're really really lucky you look at what guys at Coda have done they've created their own scene yeah. um, it's amazing and yeah. and the same for Andy he took on um, Tim Pan Alley and um, Tim Penny had an identity and a scene but what Andy's done is diverse yeah. and it's important and, yeah. and um, still champion any venue that really makes the effort and offers something unique to the town so yeah great examples of creating your own scene and even what my bosses have done here at Free Wise Monkeys Colchester I mean this was the Sky Rooms you know the upstairs the Sky Rooms and again brilliant events like Big Lick and I DJ'd right. up there when it was East Sides we're working really hard to turn it into a recognised grassroots music venue and, yeah you know um, it's not easy but you've got to have vision and you've got to believe in it and you've got to just put yourself in front of people that can 
support you or take some risks on you and yeah, things yeah. like that it's really healthy that yeah. there is a music scene like, yeah it's fantastic yeah, I mean, we, yeah. you know, we, we talk to a lot of different musicians and talk to them about it and they just get so excited about it at the moment. They, really, they can feel it they can feel oh. it building I had a moment last uh, month back in or back in um, February when um, I was fortunate enough to get uh, a couple of tickets for um, the Nick Alexander Music Trust gig at Hotbox in Chelmsford oh, okay. and it was um it was Frank Turner's secret gig. It was the first oh, gig yeah. after he got number one in the album charts, but we just we just a special moment. But for me, it was um, Pet Needs headlining and Ghosts of Men just on before yeah. Frank Turner. And I was so I was so proud of Colchester that night. Like here we are <laughs> in a different town, a great great venue, Hotbox, love it. Yeah, um, an event organised by Zoe for Nick Alexander, you know, Colchester guy who. Uh, sadly lost his life you know I'm proud of town anyway but that night I was like wow this, this you know this is this is yeah. something else we've got we've got bands like you know like it's like a trio really we've got Pet Needs Ghosts of Men and The Mets yeah all really like really exciting like yeah. on the verge of stuff you know like I've never yeah, known yeah. I've never known a time when there's sort of three acts so so not close to something I don't yeah, know I mean, yeah but, but we've got to learn to to soak it up because I've taken a bit too much for granted in the past yeah. and I think now it's, it's worth stopping and just um, by the Breathing way whoever's singing in the background there is not going to be performing <laughs> free wise anytime soon you heard it in first I don't know. Um, but yeah I think you've got to breathe it all in and, yeah. it. and I think I've, I've missed out on that over the years I haven't always appreciated what's in front of me by being selective and getting good bands on you're almost people are just trusting the venue trusting you and the venue that actually I've got a Friday night I want to go out yeah yeah if Ben's put an act on I, I'm I can be pretty confident they're going to be good if he's putting them on yeah well I'm, yeah, I mean I'm kind of proud that I do put on good gigs you know like yeah. um, I, I, do, I, I mean I get sometimes I might get them slightly wrong but not really I might get them slightly wrong in terms of a turnout to the gig but actually yeah. the booking I, I'm I'm a bit of an overthinker so I do consider bookings I don't just say yeah I love that I mean I get offered yeah. a lot and I could say yes to everyone yeah, and yeah. have a full programme but I can't sell a given ticket you know Yeah. so I do I do. but then you'd lose your that confidence people would lose the confidence then if you, yeah. if you weren't selective because yeah, no, they'd go oh that one they would lose their confidence and I'd lose my job I mean <laughs> uh, you know and um, um, so yeah I think uh, you know, I, I pride myself on a couple of things. One, we're, we're a fair play venue. Mm. You know, we pay people. I mean, it might be just a standard support fee or it might be yeah. percentage of door. It might be whatever we agree the deal is. But no one leaves here without getting paid. Yeah, yeah. And um, we do things properly. Yeah. You know, like... Um, free drinks rights and things like that. So, you know, we yeah, just yeah. make sure that no one comes here and doesn't have a good experience. My, my mm. attitude to the team here is... Everyone that gets to the top floor has walked up those bloody stairs. <laughs> Let's make sure we give them the best possible time. Because, because, um, it's cheaper than a lift. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I generally looked into cost for a lift. And we, oh. One day there will be a lift here, but I do okay. need some help because, because it costs an absolute fortune. As a booking agent once said to me, he says, he said, I don't care about the, st- um, the stairs. The tour manager will, but we won't. We won't. Let him, we won't tell him until, <laughs> until he gets there. So, um, 
<laughs> yeah. So yeah, the booking agent doesn't care because they get their they get their percentage, and then the tour manager one lugging all the gear up and the drummers moaning. Uh, thanks for your time. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you too. Thank you. <laughs> Keep up the good work, guys, as well. Because yeah, only you know your band's great, but but what you're doing to support the scene is just as good as well. And I think you, oh, just make sure you don't give everyone your attention and don't give yourselves attention because um, <laughs> and you'll be seeing litter kings at Free Wise Monkeys oh, at a suitable gig soon. <laughs> So my mic's been busy as well. Yeah, yeah. Shoving that. It's under not a competition, Peter. It's not a competition. I've been shoving that under people's faces. It's interesting when you go to a place where there are people talking in the background. You really have to get that microphone right underneath their mouth because otherwise you get all these strange conversations. Like, oh yeah, I creosoted it, or yeah. I'd you know, I just lifted the shed up and put her under there. Stuff like that, you yeah. hear in the background. Yeah. But Anna's Bones, yes, Anna's Bones, they agreed to meet me at um, the Red Lion in Manning Tree. Lovely pub, really lovely pub. Drummer couldn't make it, unfortunately. He was a bit unwell and he was off in Colchester. He's the one who lives in Colchester. The others all live in Manning Tree. Ah. So we've got on guitar Ben Brown. Ben Brown. And then we've got Krista Lynch, who is the bass player. And then uh, Becky Simmons, the singer and guitarist as well. And then Pete Moore, the drummer. So I met with uh, Krista and Ben and Rebecca. And we spoke a little bit about how the band came together and what they've been doing. Now, they're a four-piece band, as you might have guessed by the four yeah. names. Really healthy string of gigs since November. So now we're talking, what, about six months have been going? Really, they've done a lot in yeah, six months. Yeah. I mean, they have. Nothing on Spotify yet, nothing out there. But they Oh, nothing. I thought they had one on there. They have one, but that's not the Anna's Bones that we know. Oh, uh, yes. okay. So Anna's Bones existed as a band um, in London. The original band was... Uh, uh, Becky and they were around since about October 2019 and they had a single on Spotify which is still there but that does not represent the Anna's Bones we know now uh, Ben Brown is probably the name that most people will know he's, he's got more, form he's got form definitely <laughs> he's well known for other bands and his solo work of course uh, he's been in other bands like Dingus Khan of course yeah uh, Superglue Superglue yeah. and then you've also got um, he's also had his alter ego Mick Squalor oh that's fantastic Oh, it's such a great name. We can it? definitely recommend going on Spotify and checking that out. Mick Squalor live album is fantastic. And I saw Ben perform at the Art Centre about well, about six months ago, five months ago, something like that. And um, I, went, I went up and spoke to him and I said, your live album is actually one of my favourite live albums ever. To which he kind of looked at me like, is this guy for real? Uh, but I absolutely love it. I mean, like, I do post it occasionally on Facebook just thinking, why isn't anyone else like talking about this maybe it's kind of gone you, you know we're talking about 10 nearly 10 years ago now you are a, a bit of a super fan of Ben's I have to say I am and I, I've got to stop hanging around his front garden yeah yeah the great live act we saw them a little while ago at Coda a few, few weeks ago at Coda a few weeks at Coda and they were fantastic weren't they they're a jangly guitar pop sort of sound and by Ben's own admission he writes more poppy than he used to yeah uh, he feels like he's sort of uh, just writing more pop music as, yeah. as such as and I suppose you could kind of define them really as a kind of indie pop band really singer's great she looks the part she looks brilliant on stage yeah. really good and she's got that kind of um, I think I think they described it as a um, as a um, men Mentos in Coke. <laughs> a what? Ah! 
she's very bubbly. Right. I mean, she jumps around on stage, guitar yeah. or not, she just slings it behind her back. She's all over the place. She's, it's great to see a lead singer with yeah. such engagement. Yeah. I mean, she's really, in, you know, involved in the music. Yeah, yeah. You know, she's not just fronting it, she really feels it. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's really exciting to watch. Anna's Bones are a very strong band and there's going to be more from them in yeah. 2022, definitely. Yeah. Hopefully a yeah. single. So yeah, I asked them lots and lots of questions I had for them. Uh, you know, how did they form? Uh, about stage performance and whether or not they felt, um, you know, it was coming across and what they were trying to do in their stage performance. Uh, we talked about Superglue actually and Ben's experience of going to the States. Uh, a few years ago um, Ben is also an avid buyer of clothes uh, and the band sort of <laughs> have things thrown at them to put on stage and then we talked about um, songwriting generally and how, how they sort of go about that Anna's Bones uh, on Spotify is a different band is that correct has, has something yeah, happened something's right. changed yeah. can you yeah, tell sure. us about that Becca? Um, the original Anna's Bones was my boyfriend and I and another guy because we were living in London and we we called ourselves Anna's Bones and we we did, only ever did one gig together and then uh, my boyfriend decided he didn't want to do it anymore so I started to look for new people to work with and I started to work with Ben first and then Krista joined us um, and, and then we just stuck with this the an- name Anna's Bones. I'll ask you about the name later. Yeah. Um, so are you, were you friends before? Did you know each other anyway? Is that how it... Yeah, I was always trying to get uh, Ben to tell me stuff about his songwriting because I quite... I, I Everyone looked, wants to know. I looked up to Dingus and Superglue. I really liked them. And I'd just moved from London. And I was like interested in who was living here, and so I'd be like, Ben, was you first met? Ben was your babysitter. Um, yeah, no, you said I needed a babysitter, and Krista, I met you in Whole Food Shop, and Krista would be like, Ben's really good babysitter. <laughs> Krista, you got got Ben some work as my babysitter. Yeah, that was so long ago. That was like when you first moved here, like three years ago, maybe. But we, we started to Four get... Four years ago. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, it's yeah. a really detailed answer. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Is it goes... You've, you've forgotten that you're answering a question. Yeah. We, we started to get each other more... To, to, we started to get to know each other a bit more, though, when we both started doing this weeding group in Manningtree. So that's when oh, yeah. Becky started coming, and I was doing this little weeding group with Becky, and then we'd be, like, on our hands and knees, like, pulling out dandelions and this kind of thing, and, and Becky expressed an interest on, about wanting to do some more music and then just from then the the weed yeah. seed kind of grew I said to Ben let's do why don't will you do some drums um, and just mess around just for a laugh and then it evolved from that I had a, look, a listen through the uh, on the way here actually listening back to that set and there, there's a song called Gotta Gotta is that correct called Gotta Gotta and it's um, it's a complete lack of pretension in the whole thing I mean it feels like you're playing around it's you know you're all smiling when you're playing it and uh, I just wondered is that a kind of like is that something that happens on the night yeah or are you basically like that a lot of the time is that your feel why are we basically that, that energy yeah, the energy and the smiling and the grinning and the jumping around. Before we did our first gig, I personally wasn't sure what um, the, how we were going to come across on stage. We even did speak about like how um, what, how are we going to like stand. Maybe a bit more thinking about it more than I thought about it in other groups. And then we just kind of decided just to see what happens. And then this 
Um, there's almost before we go on, there's like this nervous energy, and they just come, as you saw it, kind of combusts yeah. on stage. Yeah. And that's what. Um, it's, it's spontaneous. Isn't yeah, it's spontaneous. It's like there isn't like. Instinctive. It's like. Yeah. It's keeping it spontaneous is hard, though, isn't it, Krista? That kind of idea of it always being fresh. Because when something works, it, you kind of do it again. Is that right, would you say? Yeah, it does. Each show does feel different, though. Mm. Like different, especially because we've only played a few gig, a handful of gigs. Each shows really exciting, and, and you kind of um, bounce off the energy of the crowd, and each crowd is different. Right. Um, so it has like a, a different feel to each show, so it kind of yeah. changes. I think the danger is when you try, you something works for one thing, and then you try and do it again. So just I've just stopped looking at things yeah. that work. If someone gets a video and goes, "Oh, that's really good," and then I look at it and I think, "I can't, I, that, I, I didn't, I can't do that again, really." I don't remember doing that. Yeah. <laughs> there was a gig um, kind of recently because where you, you were singing at one point, I think it was on Got a Gutter, and you actually were so in the moment. I, I looked over, it gave me like goosebumps, kind of. But you actually kind of put the, you put the mic down to your side and would like. The mu it, like you like overcame overcame you for like a split second. So it's, yeah, I know. <laughs> but it's but we can't when we like first blackout, yeah. first started. We kind of said that you know gigs exist. They only exist really in in the moment anyway. So you can just let it go off like a, a firework and and don't worry about it at all. And once it's done, it's done. It's just like a passing moment yeah, of time like and just enjoying it for what it is mm. and, and being present on the on so the bars. So there's this kind of honesty to it, isn't there? Which is yeah. You're doing like what you feel. Into a boxing ring. Like, yeah. You're gonna have a match now, and then you just like. Yeah, it's completely what, it. What's gonna happen? I don't know. Yeah. And then you just have to be brave, and then think, oh, and then leave. I feel like the best gigs are the ones that you can't remember. Almost like you just walk off, and you're like, all oh, right, that just happened. Yeah. Whereas if I'm too, sometimes if I'm too present, then I means I'm too anxious, or it's going a bit. Not that it goes ever wrong. Just get on with it. Also, part of the sort of industry of music is that there's, sometimes there's something at stake, isn't there? Which is, you know, you want to impress, or you, you know, you want to go that step higher, and yeah. this means something. I suppose that's when the other things can creep in. Maybe the sort of the fear. Yeah. I think if you if you work really hard with your on the craft and rehearsing. Well, always my not mantra has been like work as hard as you can before the gig, and then when it comes to the gig, like it's anyone's guess what's going to happen. So kind of like not like not who cares, but kind of who cares because stuff will happen, stuff will go wrong, your lead will come out, you'll hit a bum note. So you just have to properly give it your all and build up this resilience, a wall of resilience for experience. Then from behind that wall, you can start to grow confidence and power. Yeah. You've already been in a band together anyway, haven't you, with Super? Yeah. 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 Which took you to the States. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's mad, isn't it? And when did yeah, like you go to yeah. the States? Yeah. Mm. I've never you? been to America before, before that. It was crazy. I didn't crazy. know you did. Did you not? No, yeah, we went to Texas. Was it good? Yeah, it was amazing. amazing. We got to play the um, British Music that. Embassy. And on our last, so you, you go to this, we got to play this festival called South by Southwest. Which is like kind really of like famous a, festival. a showcase type mm. thing, and we got to play. And um, you play, you just basically go out there and you play as many gigs as you can, and there's loads of free beer and stuff like that, which is quite hard <laughs> to avoid. <laughs> we, came, we came back so fat, <laughs> so overweight, and uh, yeah, I, I, I was. Ben Ward said to me the other day, he thinks he's only he's a drummer. He thinks he's only just. <laughs> 
worked it off. But we got to, um, yeah, we got to play all these gigs. And by the last gig we did, at the, it was called Brilliant. the British Music Embassy, which is really cool. Mm. There were people like climbing through the windows to try and get in. Because wow. you're basically, you play a show and everyone's like, oh my God. I saw, I saw those guys. Did you not see those guys? That, well, that's the kind of like, and then yeah. people come to your next one, and then they're like, "Oh, yeah, I saw you play yesterday at the like the blue hat or something." I'm, When's your next one? And then you, you, if you do it well, it kind of builds up, and people are you got English accent, <laughs> yeah. And we bought um, the, their 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 Texas Longhorns football jerseys. Right. So when we went on stage, the people who were could potentially be neutral were like, "Fuck you." Longhorns, and we were like, "Yeah, Longhorns, yeah. yeah," and just played with that the whole time. I bought loads of them, <laughs> so I, I had a clean one. The, for the, um, I love the American audience; it's so um, uncynical. Yeah, uncynical. <laughs> they're so like, if they like, if Very they good. enjoy the music, they tell you, and they yeah. I find sometimes there's like stereotypical like British audience where they stand there and just try and act cool and like. Mm kind of like nod their head but Americans go for it I know this is a massive generalisation but that crowd mm. really um, went for it I think in a way though the generalisation works because it works <laughs> in all arenas doesn't it in America I think that people genuinely will tell you yeah, you yeah know, they, they enjoy really, something yeah. people were lovely it's mm. so, they were so um, yeah it was just really lovely people I mean do you, do, you, do you ever get people come up to you after a gig to who you don't know, you know, speaking to you and saying, oh, I really enjoyed that one. Yeah. Does that, does that happen? Yeah. yeah. It's really nice. Yeah. It's really positive. The red, I've been trying to force Becky to wear the same red jumper every game. Oh, yeah, I think that's Ben's really... obsessed with this red jumper. <laughs> yes, it's like the lucky no, jumper. No, I wearing it at the three-wise. Possibly not. No, but it's like... You were, very you were. I sent you a photograph of that gig. Oh, I go um, onto the internet and find like clothes for these guys these. and like buy them. I've been mean, spending all my money on clothes for wear them. Wear it until it's got holes in it. <laughs> yeah, it's like full. Um, but yeah. I, I think it might look a bit. You know, like Doctor Feelgood. Like I don't wash yeah. it. Uh, Lee Brillo, whatever his yeah, name yeah. is. He used to wear a white when they first started out. He had a white suit and he wore it so for ev- every gig, and it was like completely ragged yeah. and covered in stains. I think that's quite cool. I do for like reason. the dressing up aspect of of. Being in a band. being in a band. It's so fun. Mm. It's like being a kid again. Like, oh, what am I going to wear tonight? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. What are you wearing? Like, yeah. And especially because of COVID and the restrictions, mm. now it seems like such a, um, like... Treat. Treat. Mm. To, sort of release, isn't yeah. it? You're back. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's it's so fun. Yeah. I'm enjoying going to charity shops and, like, looking at... Oh, I could wear that on stage. Yeah, I could oh, wear, wear that. Yeah, I love it. I really love it. I think, well, I think you want to go into fashion, don't you? Really good at charity shops. Yeah, if I wasn't, if I didn't, if I didn't find music, I think in, I never went to college really. Anything, but if I had done music, maybe I'd have got interested in like gone to like St Martin's, wherever it's called, <laughs> and, like, and yeah. studied dressmaking or something. I genuinely really, I really like it, but I won't, I won't ever do that. But I do yeah. quite like all that stuff. It's really fun. Songwriting and live get, and the inspiration when you write a song and it does. The, Where does it? Yeah, you're like, what, what is this? Like yeah. endorphins rushing around yeah. from nothing. Yeah, you're pulling like you're not using like a pencil and making marks. You're like mm. conjuring out of like mm. not even out of potions, like out of thin air. Type so thing. the thing is, are you a vessel for for the it's cosmos? Like keeping up a 
um, songwriting practice, like mm. every day or try as much as possible. And then you, you often, you come up, you might come up with something good and then you think, where did that come from? Oh, mm. I, I, I can't do that again. And you get a bit down and think, I can't yes. come up with anything. And, and it, but you yeah. just have to keep yeah. arriving and just, and most of it isn't going to be good. And then one day you get something again and it's just like a process, like mm. working mm. hard. You're absolutely right though, it is, isn't it? It can be yeah. the most depressing thing. Yeah. When you strike something and then it's just gone and yeah. nothing else seems to be appearing. Yeah. It really is uh, hard, that. Oh, Thank yeah. you from, sorry, but from, from starting um, the music with Becky, it's one thing that I've really been inspired by is Becky's like work ethic. Mm. I think your friends used to like call her Grindstone because <laughs> she used to kind of like work really hard or something. But that, I find that so I find that really inspiring as um, the fact that you will try and write. <laughs> Can I shout that your next? Yeah, Grindstone. get on with it, Grindstone. <laughs> <laughs> That was really what, me and my friends were joking around going, what should we call ourselves if you're a superhero? And I'd be like, I'll call myself Grindstone. But like, oh, was it not it's to do with your... they didn't actually call me that. But it wasn't to do with your... It wasn't, it was, it was like something I'd aspire to be like a hard worker and like, not oh, necessarily right. because I'm a hard worker. Yeah. yeah. I preferred your version. Yeah. Just <laughs> all over. Yeah, yeah. Right. People used to call me Grindstone. Yeah. Yeah. You said Don't grindstone. mess with Grindstone. <laughs> <laughs> I go in phases where I write it. Sometimes I'll write and then we'll write for a week and come up below the stuff. And then, That's I, good. And then I won't write for like, over a month or whatever. Mm. So we'll come through phases. I'm much more neurotic and desperate than that. <laughs> <laughs> I, like listening to, I like listening to old recordings and being like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. That's quite fun. Right, I'm going to wrap things up. Okay. Thank you so much. We're in the cold room at the top of the pub <laughs> in the Red Lion in Manning Tree, but you've been stars. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you for asking us. That's okay. Okay, so we have got a song. Well, I had to push them for this because they don't actually have anything uh, online. Yep. So Ben sent me a copy of their uh, thrilling... <laughs> Sorry. Ben sent me a copy of their uh, of a sort of demo version of Evening Birds. Mm, let's have a listen.
Well, this is the wrap-up section. So this is the wrap-up section. This is the wrap-up section. And I reckon we've got, um, we're sort of, you know, the culture scene's really, um, you know, exploding at the moment. There's a lot going on. Uh, but we want to know, if you're, in, if you're in a band, yep. and we know about you, we do know there are a lot of bands out there, and there's a lot of bands that we haven't really spoken to uh, or got to yet. And, you know, if you want to be involved, then please get in touch. I'm yep. sure we're going to get to you anyway at some point. Yeah. Right, well, more shenanigans next time. Yeah. But, of course, we have our uh, event coming up. Our next event. Yeah, we'll talk we'll about that our next podcast. Yeah, we'll be talking all about what's going on with that. Hopefully see some of you there. I don't know. We always have the funny bit at the end. We haven't really said anything funny today. Um, no. Is Should there we anything? try to be funny? Do we have to be funny? So um, we will catch you next time. Thanks yeah. for listening. Thanks for listening. No but, funny bit at the end of this episode. But do share it. Do download it. Yeah. yeah well, we'll people have to listen to this in order to share it. Yes, they will. Oh, that's that's true. People that makes no sense at all. <laughs> share. <laughs> if you're listening in black and white. <laughs> <laughs> the one on the right is the pink ball. <laughs> oh, right. Well, that's it then. That's the end. That is the end. Yeah. <laughs> You're right though. Yeah, probably need something, don't you? I don't know what though. Zucchini, spirits of the greens. Be careful where you leave them. You know what I mean. Litter of Kings and Friends podcast, sponsored by Dave's Courgette Emporium. Litter of Kings and Friends, talking bullshit again.